0: A Rich Tradition College Football Podcast is now
1: live. Hello and welcome to a Rich Tradition College Football Podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Stoneball. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. Roberto, it has been on almost as an eventful Sunday as it was Saturday in week 11.
0: Yeah, man. Um. What do you want to do first? You want to go with games? Or you want to go coach stuff?
1: We can do news first.
0: All right. So the news revolves around really just kind of one concept because I, I don't, I don't believe I, I or I'm sorry. I firmly believe Mississippi state doesn't make their move unless A&M made their move when they did. Um, but Jimbo Fisher's out at A&M. Um, Arnett is out at Mississippi state. Spencer, I mean, this is something you and I have been talking about. You know, we, we thought that hiring uh patrino was going to be the saving grace we but at the same time then we kind of raised our eyebrow to the fact of the realization that dj durkin was their defense coordinator so like uh it it just seemed like i don't i don't want to say a hail mary because I, I i actually firmly believe that if that there's a world in which it works and i don't know if um wegman if wegman doesn't get hurt i don't know what happens i'm not going to sit here and say the what if because you've just had so. Many injuries over over the years that 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 may end up like it's just like um I mean, no, you know, a lot of Georgia fans don't want to talk about this, but it's one of the biggest problems that Georgia ran into with Mark Rick. There just continuously seem to be ACL injuries. There seem to be uh, soft tissue injuries, not just like ankles, but just like constant issues and then come to find out it's because the strength and conditioning program wasn't up to snuff. And then that's just part that is just one part of this giant crap sandwich that has been the time of Jimbo Fisher at, at Texas A&M.
1: Yeah. And when you're, I mean, obviously everybody has said it when you're paying so much and, you know, we mentioned this when it came to Ryan day at the end of last season, when they lost that game to to Georgia, and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, there was a collection of Ohio State fans that were sort of, we need to get rid of Ryan Day. And it's laughable because as long as you're in the championship hunt, you're winning the conference, you're competing for championships, whatever it is, playoff or conference, you don't fire your coach. You You know, there's no need to make a move. People take time, I think. You know, we've said it plenty of times. It took, it took Bobby Batrino and, or uh, Joe Paterno, I'm sorry. And uh, Bobby Bowden many, many years before they were able to earn their first championships at their respective schools, urban Meyer and Nick Saban, you know, that was kind of an outlier Kirby doing it the way he did. It was, that was kind of it's a different thing. It's not yeah, the norm. It was, right. It's not the norm overall. So, You look at Jimbo, and you you think this is – at the very least, Rob, this is plateaued. I mean at the very least, this is just plateaued for Jimbo uh, and maybe even taken a step back and then plateaued there at at A&M. They're not even close to any of that stuff that Ryan Day and others are consistently competing for.
0: No, I completely agree. I I just was oh man, you said something, and I was going to add. <sighs> I should have just cut in and added to it. Um,
1: well, just, I was I was saying about the, um, you know, when when it takes time to win championships. It's not, oh
0: yeah, I, I was just going to say like it 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 rarely, you know, Nick Saban like it took Nick Saban not a long time at LSU to win a title, but it took Jimbo. I'm not sorry Jimbo Dabo it took J- Dabo what six years to finally get a title you know yeah, at, at
1: Clemson yeah, yeah and then and Kirby the, didn't do it right away either I guess no
0: no he, he I went mean, he to was, the
1: championship game
0: yeah he's playing for the title to you know second year probably should have won that title but that's neither here nor there the only like how long was Jim Tressel at Ohio State before he won that title in 2002. But I guess the the point I was making is like to your to your point it it takes a lot of time for these quick turnarounds to win. And Jimbo did kind of get a quick turnaround, you know, at FSU to win that title, but as we've come to realize more and more, Jameis Winston covered a lot of sins up at FSU. I think that Jimbo Fisher may be the biggest waste of a coaching tenure at a program at an elite program that I've ever seen. Right. It might, yeah, it might be the biggest waste and, and I, I do call Am an, an elite program I think I, I, for, I, I think I've said this before maybe not on a podcast but with you you and I have talked about this but I think before and Am is a Georgia level cra- Kraken ready to be unleashed. they just have to hire the right coach. this isn't like at Auburn where you've got all these bot you've got all these con- mafia control in the background they have all the money they have all the resources needed. They just have not had they have not hired the right coach to do to do what needs to be done.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a a misconception out there as to what makes you an elite program and versus what makes you an elite job. And certainly Alabama right now is an elite program They're They are winning with their head coach. They are racking up accolades and championships. And that's a an elite program because they are winning. But from a from a standpoint of an elite job, there's a lot of confusion because people are running around right now saying it's not confusion. There are people who are running around thinking that AM's not an elite job because they haven't been winning. It's two different things. They're not an elite program right now, and that's fine, but there it is an elite job for everything that you've already mentioned. All of the all of the things that they have behind them, if that stuff ever gets pointed in the right direction by the right person, then A&M can, can go and achieve the things that they want to achieve. It's just Jimbo wasn't the right guy for whatever reason, and uh, they've not been able to hire the right guy there really in, I'm sure, a very, very long time. We'll see if they can change that here with uh, with this opening.
0: Yeah, and, and and so Spencer, I I kind of asked you to walk in with about two or three candidates. I didn't say what you what you thought was going to happen or um, who you want. I, I kind of just let you pick however you wanted to do it. But what do you, what do you, what were some of the the names that you came up with?
1: Mike Elko is is the real interesting one mm-hmm. there at Duke. Um, I also like the idea of. You know, a Lance Leopold at um, Kansas. Maybe even a... I like the idea of going that route. Going and getting those guys that are doing a lot with a little. But that might not be what Texas A&M needs. Texas A&M probably needs somebody who's... Who's ready for the big time because they're used to the big time. So maybe a Glenn Schumann at Georgia or some other elite somebody at an elite program that's used to swimming in those waters and is not necessarily going to be surprised or phased or uncomfortable with all of the things that are going to come along with Texas A&M and all of the expectations. And not that Jimbo was uncomfortable with it all, but you need somebody who's not going to be phased by those things. And potentially, if you're Mike Elko at Duke or some of these other guys that are at smaller programs who don't necessarily have the backing that a and has, maybe, maybe you walk into those situations and you're not all the way used to it. The difference for Mike Elko, though, as I'm thinking, as I'm talking this out again, he has been at a and He yep. is familiar with those waters. He, when he was at Notre Dame as well, is that correct? Did he have a stop at Notre Dame? Am I thinking of the right person?
0: No, yeah, yeah. He was, he was there. Then, then, and then he got hired away to take over at Wake.
1: Yeah. So you, you have an opportunity there in Mike Elko that, that has an idea of what that world is like, won't be brand new to him. And then he's gone and done something with the blue devils team. That is remarkable. Um, and then the same thing with the with the Lance Leopold guy, even though that might be a little bit more on the side of is he gonna be comfortable in that environment so Mike Elko was the first name that that I thought was really interesting that's being thrown around
0: <laughs> i so Lance Leopold's my number one pick, yeah um i think I think for a couple reasons one, I think you need a coach who can build can build and repair because it's not a full rebuild it's not a full from ground you know build from ground scratch however I do think there's some building but I also think there's some repairing that needs to be done at this you know at this at this school at this program and there's no better place to do it because you've got all the money in the world you got Scrooge McDuck money man and um also, here's another reason why I like Lance Leopold. His offense is awesome to watch. His His offense is so fun. It, it scores points, and he's able to put points up on these other like elite, top-tier programs. He's able to put points on there with two and three stars. And there's not even a two-star, but these three stars. He's able to do this. Can you imagine what he could do with a full four or five star lineup, man, like I, I just, I just think he could do some incredible work at, at a given the chance. Um, But at the same time, I, I do also believe that you need, you, you probably need someone, as you said, who is ready for the big time. <sighs> and oh, it's so funny. You and I didn't My- talk about
1: well, and I was going to say, my question about Lance Leopold does or should involve where was he at before Kansas? Because I know the Kansas State D3 head coach, yeah, Chris Kleiman had a lot of success at the FCS level, if I remember. And I'm just kind of trying to think, where was Lance before what is, how used to, even if it's at that Division three program, sort of, oh, he's what's Buffalo. his familiar? Go ahead.
0: He was at Buffalo.
1: Buffalo, okay.
0: And then I he that, won, he won a bunch of games at Wisconsin Whitewater. He he was thirty four and one, thirty four and one in the playoffs in division or in Division three, while he yeah. was at Wisconsin Whitewater.
1: Okay, and I and I, so I guess that's a little bit of one I'm wondering. I wonder what kind of program that Wisconsin Whitewater was. It's obviously not going to be the level of A and M, but yeah you create some sort of expectation when you have that kind of record. So I don't know. I guess I'm trying to round it out for him because I I agree. I I love the idea of the, the guy working with nothing and then you give them everything. But sometimes that everything comes with the, with the different strings to it. Um, yeah, but I I do like that idea.
0: Also, not a lot of people are gonna, you know, f- you know, not wh- what you just said. Not a lot of people are gonna like a minute ago. Um, I I do I do think I I don't think Dan Lanning's gonna leave Oregon for this um, because that would mean that this is three straight head coaches that Oregon kind of liked or had had enjoyed that they lost to other programs who were willing to pay. I yeah, if you're I,
1: if you're Oregon, you've got to just be you liked. pay every.
0: You pay every bit of money, man.
1: Uh, you, I, I wouldn't pay, think it. Yeah,
0: you. Just, you pay every bit of money. You are about to go to the Big Ten. You are about to have a butt ton of money, like a lot of money, and within to the go big along Ten, with
1: your Nike money. Yeah,
0: to go along with your Nike money, you own the West Coast and record in recruiting right now. He is building a Bama and Georgia on the West Coast right now, and he is about to walk into the Big Ten and be the big dog. Like, it, however. Like I, I just don't see. Outside of money, I don't see the desire why he would want to go to a specifically a And M. Now, yeah, you want to talk about in a couple of years when the Bama job comes open? Maybe that's a different story. But with that said, Spencer, I, 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 I think Glenn Schumann is. You're right. Glenn Schumann's the one you want to watch. Because I, I'll say this, I in no way, shape or form do I think because these dominoes are going to start falling in no way, shape or form. Do I think that George is about to keep this coaching staff together again? Right. They are not going to make another offseason together. Um, I I do believe that Kirby going to be hiring a new defensive coordinator next year, um, but we'll, we'll we'll see how that. Plan p- plays out um, since you know what? As I said this at the beginning. I, I do think Mississippi State only made this move so they're not behind in the coaching search, um, because because now 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 there's a big dog in there in the SEC who's going to be looking for a coach, and they knew they were going to be looking for a coach as well. But the the the, the team that I I had us write that had you write down because I wanted to just mention this: Michigan State hasn't had a coach since September. There's no way they don't have a coach by now, right? Like at least the person they know they're going to hire.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, for I at least feel like they have a short list, but I don't know how that works exactly. With if they're wait, you know how what kind of I know there's backdoor stuff, but what kind of interviews I don't know. I, I can't say. I, I would think that kind of stuff. I don't know how far the backdoor stuff can go, I guess is what I'm getting at.
0: It's just it would be nuts to me if they didn't have a if they didn't have a coach. And I just wanted to tie this a bow tie this bow on it and then us move on to the games. If I'm Michigan State, I call Dan Mullen so fast. I think Dan Mullen is the absolute perfect hire for Michigan State. I think I think he's the perfect hire. You you you're not expecting him to recru- out recruit Ohio State or Michigan, or now Oregon and USC. You 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 need someone who had you, you have tons of money, which Michigan State does. If people don't realize that, so you can play the NIL game, and you need a coach who can out who can out scheme and and can produce offensively for your team. Dude, Dan Mullen can do that. Dan Mullen is actually a really great coach who just isn't a, who just isn't an SEC coach.
1: Yeah, not not a big-time recruiter. I think things worked out at Mississippi State. I've seen some places say that they should, you know, go back and get him back again and uh, go go that And I know direction they probably again. want that. Um, yeah, the Michigan State interest in or the combination of them and Dan Mullen is is interesting. I, I wonder what mark d'antonio did not mark d'antonio who was the coach there that had like a a d'antonio name for michigan state a few years ago several years ago connor cook was the quarterback and they were winning mark d'antonio mark d'antonio okay yeah sorry i was thinking of the uh, phoenix suns head coach as well they had a d'antonio maybe either way all right I wonder what his level of recruiting was, because he was constantly putting together, obviously, a really, really good defense, and they had a really good running game, kind of a, if you remember, sort of a Stanford uh, or you know, old-school Alabama kind of approach to doing things, and won the Big Ten that way. I wonder what the ceiling is for recruiting at Michigan State, even though. You're doing it against Michigan and Ohio State, so I, and I understood that point. But I wonder what the ceiling is. Can they? Could they go get a solid recruiter who could come in and steal a couple of guys from Michigan and Michigan State every now and again, or um, well, Michigan and Ohio State?
0: And that's where I think the NIL game comes in. Like, I, I just don't – I don't think they had it before. Like – I, I think NIL changes a lot of things, especially for Pete, for coaches like, like Dan Mullen. I think he doesn't have to, I I don't, I don't think he has to be on the recruiting trail as much as he wanted to be in the, you know, before I think he has an opportunity to actually take advantage of the situation and be, and, and, and be that you know and and be a successful coach at michigan state i it's like i mean he's he's he's. i mean he i i think he could build a utah not like not that hard nose stuff like you know like william does but i think he could build a utah type team in michigan state man like he had that at mississippi state he had it there
1: he had it when he had Dak prescott
0: yes But he still was winning eight or nine games a year in the SEC. He is just not an SEC coach. There are worse things to be called (laughs) in college football than an SEC coach. I I just I just think if I'm Michigan State, who you're you're coming out of an embarrassing situation with D'Antonio, with um, Tucker, with everything else going around your sports program, why don't you hire a coach that? For the most part, from what we understand, all these all these coaches and ads love working with Dan Mullen. Go get Dan Mullen, and let him cook. I that that I just think he, I think he'd be ready. I think he'd do a good job. you have anything else, to add?
1: Um I know Lane Kiffin's name is attached to mm-hmm. the Texas A&M opening, and I think I think there's a couple of things coming out now that. Lane's not quite the recruiter that you probably would require at a place like a mm-hmm. So his name might not be uh, at the top of that list. That's not to say that's not to say that couldn't change for Lane. Cause I think he understands recruiting is a really big and important thing, but I don't know. I, I feel like I've li- listened and heard some conversations that that's, it's not quite his specialty the way offense is.
0: Yeah, the I think he is I, I think he is his someone who relies heavily on the money.
1: Well, and, and that would be interesting if if he got to M, let's just cool. say they made that higher, and then he yeah. hired the right staff that went out and got the right kind of players, and maybe not the number one class every year, but if he went out and got a couple of top five classes. Connor Wegman and, you know, Evan Stewart, what would that look like for his offense? So it could be interesting. I, I see why his name gets put in there because he's kind of plateaued a little bit at Ole Miss, even though plateauing where he's plateauing at Ole Miss is still a really good place for that school. It um it's an interesting, it's an interesting idea if you think about it from the standpoint of like the best possible scenario yeah, for that matchup. Yeah. Any other so, names you didn't like?
0: Um, I don't – I just – I stand by that. I don't think Dabo, Kirby, or Saban or Landing are going anywhere. I <laughs> – look, I know this is going to sound – How much enough. money
1: do you think it would take to, to pull Kirby from Georgia? like you want my honest answer? Sure.
0: I think 20 to 25 million a year.
1: And he's making what now like 12? Yeah, 12. Boy. And There's, and you would think A&M paying what's his name 78 million. Yeah. 75 million whatever the numbers are going to be from now until whatever year. It'll be sparsed out. Yeah. But you got to think to pay think him costs. to leave. Yeah. Do you have enough money to pay the next guy?
0: Scrooge McDuck money, you know? <laughs> like, I, but, but at the same time, like, I, I just don't think they're going anywhere. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um,
1: I, yeah. Why start over?
0: Exactly. And you have, your, you, you are going to have, like, when I think of Dabo and I think of Kirby, I mean, heck, even definitely saving, like, you are going to you are going to have a statue of yourself built at this school that you're at why why go anywhere right know. um okay all right spencer so let's um we'll 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 keep talking about that as we go through um i'm sure there are people who probably don't agree with us on certain things uh oh the name i was going to mention jim harbaugh i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm that is the that is my wouldn't it be hilarious for Jim Harbaugh because because y'all want y'all want to talk about something that could possibly be dangerous let Harbaugh go to Texas (laughs) A&M that's dangerous to the rest of the SEC I really believe that
1: yeah I I think it's an interesting idea but I don't I would think he's not leaving for anywhere other than the NFL and if he's if he's putting up with the college stuff he's doing it for Michigan because he's a Michigan man you know probably
0: so unless maybe your conference pissed you off by quote-unquote disrespecting you
1: yeah but again I think he would part of me could see that yes and then part of me could see him saying it's Michigan versus everybody now it's Michigan versus the world which is what they're going to do for now but him sparsing that out over the rest of his time there, because again, he's it's Michigan, and it's this is about staying with Michigan and the Michigan man, and w- <laughs> almost like he would pull Michigan out of the Big Ten at whatever you know, whatever say he would have in that before yeah. he'd leave Michigan. Maybe so.
0: Yeah i I also will say this, just last one, because we have to mention with every coaching hire that that's that's top tier, Mark Stoops. Mark and shoots.
1: he's and you would imagine he's got to be familiar with he's in the SEC, so he he's he's familiar with what that what the expectations would be. Not necessarily directly at Kentucky football, but Kentucky basketball. He's been right next to that uh, his entire time there, and he's been at Oklahoma. Was he one of the ones that with his brother at Oklahoma? I can't ever remember which I know Bob was there, and then I can't remember if Mike and Mark were both there or if only one of them were. Are they
0: cousins? Any Mark's, he Bob his cousin?
1: Oh, I thought Mark and Bob were brothers.
0: Hold on. Mark,
1: Bob, and Mike. Keep
0: talking. Keep talking.
1: Yeah, so Mark is definitely an interesting idea, but it's back in that same direction of Mike Elko and Lance Leopold, a lot with a little, and making that kind of stuff work, Plenty of people think you've got a perfect job at Kentucky because they're perfectly fine with seven, eight wins at okay. a place like that.
0: It's Mike, Mark, and Ron who are Ron is the eldest brother and he was he coached at Youngstown State. But um Mike, Mark, and Ron are all all three brothers.
1: Okay, so Bob's then the cousin.
0: No, 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 no. I, I apologize. Mark Oh man, I'm an idiot. I I can't read apparently tonight. I'm just tired. Mark, Mike, Bob are all three brothers, and they have an eldest brother who is Ron Stoops, who coached at Youngstown State. So gotcha. all those all those Stoops are, are brothers. I my bad. No worry. Okay, Spencer, let's jump games. in to these games. I'm gonna let you pick where we start. Because we got a we got a lot to cover with some of these games and not a lot with others. But I'm gonna let you pick tonight.
1: Miami, Florida State. It was a safety. Gosh darn it.
0: That was a hundred thousand percent of safety.
1: Oh, let me send. Uh, our buddy Russell was there because he lives in Tallahassee now, and of course he shoots for, uh, shoots pictures for, uh, for the uh. For uh, Miami, his wife went to Miami. He's always been a big Miami fan and he's got a perfect picture of, um, of the quarterback for FSU coming down in the end zone with the football, which you don't even need the picture. You saw the video, but it's just it's incredible to see the picture too.
0: Yeah. Um, it was 100,000% a safety. Mm-hmm. It is absolute garbage that they didn't get those two points. I walked away with this game with two things. One, I felt absolutely horrible for Miami's quarterback um, yeah. because his arm is not supposed to do that. Mm-mm. Your arm is like I there, there's a there's a cut of that game that I that I was able to find Spencer that um, has the audio turned up and you can hear him screaming. Mm. Um, I Look. Two points is not why Miami lost this game. Miami seemed to have just issues being creative on offense. They had four people catch a ball in this game. Only four people. They were not being creative and in, in distributing the ball around. But Spencer, here's the biggest takeaway I walked away with, and this is going to be this is going to happen with another big game too. I, I and I wanted you to push back on this if you if you disagree with me. Florida State is gettable, man. They actually might be the weakest of all. There's a reason why they're four. They may be the weakest of the undefeated teams.
1: Yeah, and I think at this point, I'd be perfectly fine with them not being number four. I think the only reason they're four is because of their resume, which is a perfectly fine reason um, yes. to have them fourth, and I'm not going to necessarily argue with that. But, yeah, I, I, I think even going into the beginning of the year, before we got started with games, it was kind of like Florida State has a chance to be really, really good, but they got to stay really, really healthy. And I know that every team deals with injuries, and so they've dealt with their share. Uh, but that's been my deal with Florida State, and I think that is a reasonable deal. What's the depth level like for them? Because they don't have 50% yep. on Bud Elliott's blue chip ratio. So where are they at from a depth standpoint? at what point does that catch up to them at what point is that playing a role in some of these games being closer with some of these opponents that that maybe they can run away from Miami played good defense in this ball game but you just get the impression you know Florida State maybe could either be doing more but also you know maybe this is just the depth thing but give credit to Miami for playing, you know, good on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Man, they played great. I I was I was so impressed with how I mean their defense was on fire. I, I mean, look, Spencer. Here, here here's something though. To to your point, I'm looking at both FSU and Washington's schedule right now. FSU only has one ranked win, and that's LSU. Washington still Washington still is sitting on three or, or this weekend this weekend when they go to corvallis that if they win that game that'll be their their third ranked win they have two ranked wins man against the number six team in the country and the number number 18 team in the country i i hope and, and that you know and they just got a big washington just got a big win against a ranked utah team who's still going to be ranked after this weekend uh, i i think you i think you you jump you jump them because i think fsu like dude i'm not i I don't want to say they're fake id because i i do think they're really good and at this point the top the top five or six i don't i really don't like pulling the fake id this late in the season but i think they're gettable and and i think they're gonna lose i don't know when i don't know to who but i think they're gonna lose
1: yeah it'll be interesting miami outgained them 335
0: to 322 it's it wasn't a great weekend um, for, for them, I, I think they may have got a little exposed, man. Um, their, their defense, I, 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 don't think their defense is as good, you know, as good as they, you know, as we think they are, you know, also though, got to give Bud Elliott plenty of credit, who is an FSU fan. I think he went to FSU. He was a beat writer for them, but he he has said every single month of this college ball season, man, FSU's good, but they're not play out they're, they're not championship good. And I think we're starting to see that.
1: Yeah. I think there have been flashes of it since that Boston College game. And really, you go back through that LSU game, and you think that was a a little bit of a ball game before LSU fell apart in the second half.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Where are we going next, Spencer?
1: Okay. USC, Oregon. How about those first two completed passes for Bo (laughs) Nix? Those guys are still running.
0: Jeez Louise, man. Two for
1: two for 161 yards?
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. Even though those two passes don't help my case at all, I still think Oregon looked— I I still think USC looked better on defense this week than they have all season.
1: You know, that's interesting. Those first two scores, and then they gave up what is that? Fourteen. What's that 14 what's nine more points
0: 22. Yeah, 22 points after 23? after those first two passes but you're you're playing the number 16 in the country maybe one of the best offenses in the country i don't know i i could be completely That's wrong it's not
1: the end of the world
0: yeah i i just i kind of think i just thought that there was a better effort in the game yeah and you also here, here here's a, a, a crazy thought. With how many points your offense has been scoring this season, holding Oregon to thirty-six points gives your team a chance.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Oregon was two for four in the red zone on touchdowns. Mm. Which again is not, you know, that's not the end all be all, but Yeah. It feels like there was some Progress one for four. They hit one field goal, hit two touchdowns. So three for four in the red zone. Yep. Not a great number. There's not, I don't think you're going to really point to a bunch of statistics and say, Oh man, look at these things. But yeah, maybe they made, maybe they made Oregon work for it a little bit more. Uh, four and a half yards per carry. Yeah. Maybe they made uh Oregon work for it a little bit more.
0: Maybe so. All right, Spence.
1: So, Washington, Utah. Stay on the Pac-12. You know... Stay in the Pac-12.
0: This... I mean, you called this... that, that You thought this game was going to be closer.
1: Um, yeah, I thought it was going to... I, I, in the wrong direction. But yes, I, I thought maybe Utah would... I didn't think it would be a shootout in the first half, and in, in each score, each team yeah. scored thirty-five points in the in the second quarter. Or, I'm sorry, there was a combined thirty-five points scored in the second quarter.
0: Yeah, if you told me, if you told me there was thirty-five points scored in the second quarter, I would say, well, okay, that must mean that uh, Washington scored thirty-two of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: you know, you know, um, Michael Penix though, like, like. Completion percentage-wise wasn't ideal, 24-42, but 300, 332 yards passing. It, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, the, the, thing, the thing that's going to stick out to me about this season, Spencer, is how – like, did you get – by the way, did you get to watch this game?
1: Yeah, I had uh, a good little bit of it on. Okay. There were, some,
0: there were some passes that Michael Penix made to, uh, in this game that I don't know if any other quarterback – outside of maybe Caleb Williams could have made that this kid, this kid just hits players in stride. He hit, he hit one, one receiver in stride. However, in between the zone coverage, like it perfectly dropped. Oh, it, it went over the linebackers hand and like in between where the linebacker and the safety were covering the wide receiver. It was, it was truly like magic. Like he was controlling it. Like in freaking Harry Potter. It, it was crazy to me. i I was blown away by some of the throws that he makes. i I do not know if Washington like I, I think Oregon is the better team. I think Oregon probably is the better um the better playoff team, but i I would absolutely love to watch Michael Penix at 100 percent play against some of these defenses across the country man because I think he's great.
1: Yes, I agree. Michael Penix is, is really good. The wind was giving him a lot of trouble. There wasn't great weather on the night, and he kind of got into a shootout with a little bit of a team that he's not used to getting into a shootout with. But, you know, Utah scored 28 first-half points and then scored zero the rest of the way. Um, you kind of got the impression that while Utah has a lot of things that they do well, scoring at that clip, that Washington can score at, it's just not one of the things that they have, you know, that they can bring to the table. Yeah. It just not going be powerful enough. At least not at not right now. And most of our most of our uh, understanding of Kyle Winningham's time there probably not ever going to be that kind of team. But
0: I bet he was like thrown off. I bet he was thrown off so much by Barnes just dealing at times. He's <laughs> like, he's yeah. like, who's this? Who who's this mofo throwing the football? Because because um, Barnes had a career day. Like I mean, he he played great. He played better against this off this defense than he did USC's.
1: Well, he had the two interceptions, but other than that, yeah, yeah I think he he played. I mean, seventeen of thirty, probably not a great completion percentage, 30 though attempts and two sixty seven. That's probably around where you want to be from a stat line. Um and 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 hey, you know, you put yourself you put your team in a position to do some things in the first half. Your defense only gave up eleven points in the second half after giving up twenty four in the first. You had chances, uh Utah did, and a lot of that was because Barnes and, and the way he played in the first half.
0: Yeah. They, it it was also a fun game. There was a lot of fun games this past, like this past weekend. Um, there were also a lot of blowouts. Um, so, okay. That's all I have. I, I I think people need to be on lookout for this weekend, uh, where, where Washington is going to Corvallis to play at Oregon state. Um, let me, let me look at this real quick. Um, Give me one second, because I, I want to bring something up. Just with Washington, Oregon, Spencer. Um, so here, here's, here's the thing. Oregon goes to goes to Arizona State this weekend, and then they play they play Oregon State at home for the Civil War in the season. And as we just said, Washington is playing at Corvallis this weekend, 7:30, ABC, and then they finish the season with Washington State um, for the Apple Cup. Um... Thanksgiving weekend so sorry just I mean we, we're gonna break down the games later this weekend but do you think they both end up undefeated in those last two games
1: who is this for again I'm sorry
0: uh just just okay Washington they play Oregon State and Washington State Oregon plays Arizona State and then Oregon State I'm so sorry they play words Oregon plays Arizona State this weekend, and then they end the season with Oregon State at home. Do you think both these Pac-12 teams end up undefeated heading into the Pac-12 championship?
1: <sighs> yeah, they both got to get past Oregon State. Washington and Washington State, yeah. Ah. Uh... I'm going to say, yeah, I don't know if Oregon, the state, if anybody's going to get Washington, it would be Oregon state. I don't know if the Beavers have enough firepower to get past Oregon.
0: Yeah. I think I don't
1: know if Washington has enough firepower either.
0: I think that if, if the sec or the big 10 want two teams to get in from their conference, they are begging, begging for Washington to lose this weekend, to Oregon State, and then for Washington to turn around and beat Oregon again the following week. Yeah, you are you you. He, he, the thing. And I was talking to a buddy about this um, at lunch uh, this past Friday. You know, cause they, they're, they're, they're big sec homers, you know, they want, they want another Georgia Bama in the playoff kind of thing. And they're, they you know, they were asking my opinion of, you know, what I think, you know, do I think that Washington or do I think Georgia and Bama are going to get into the playoff again? And I was like, no. And I was like, I feel pretty strongly about it. And they're like, why not? And I was like, this team, this team, this team. And they're like, well, Robbie, we do this every year. Like we say this, these what ifs in November, and it ends up being the same teams. I was like, yeah, that's probably true. However, this is the first year where all five conferences have one or two teams that are playoff eligible or playoff expectant. You've you've got one in tech with Texas, you've got one with FSU, you've got two in the SEC, two in the Big Ten, and two in the Pac 12 we've never had that we have never had this before if if every if if everybody wins out before their championship games i i want the pac12 in this playoff so bad but i want oregon in because i think oregon's the more complete team and i think you would agree with that
1: mhm i would
0: okay alright spitzer let's get these let's let's get these other two games out of the way which one do you want to go to first
1: michigan at penn state no Jim Harbaugh, the suspension, uh, was put together there on Friday. Pretty, I don't know if it's clever, but a sneaky, sneaky move there from the big 10 to do it on Friday, knowing that, you know, Harbaugh's people or Michigan's people won't, wouldn't be able to get an injunction in or whatever it would be, uh, you know, to, to allow him to get back out there on the field. I, I kind of thought that that was, uh, am sure Michigan and, and Deserve something. And I'm sure that there was a wrongdoing somewhere. That they overstepped the line. Uh, But to do that. uh, On a Friday. Ahead of the game. Before the investigations are over. That all seems. I get people don't like Jim Harbaugh. I get he rubs. Well I guess everybody wrong. And. It's what drove him out of. Um, San Francisco so quickly when he was in the NFL, and I guess maybe it's just starting to wear on other people as well. The NCAA feels like they've been after him for a while. All of these violations, all of these different things that they've been chasing for. And maybe the Big Ten's in a similar boat. Let's just get this over with. We don't like him. Punish him. But that that part of it was... That part of this game was, um, you I know, mean, was unfortunate. But, you know, football or sports are weird. Michigan just rallied around it and went out and ran the ball 32 straight times and, in some ways, beat the brakes off of Penn State this weekend. In some yeah. ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for saying some ways because you and I talked about this. Like, uh, I've been waiting to have this conversation with you on air. Um, because we talked about it on the phone the other day. Um, you know, yes, I do think it was very shady and kind of like, it's like whenever your little brother will like, he wants to get you back for something. And so he hits you and then he runs, he runs to a position where your parents can see him. So you can't get him back. That's kind of what it felt like that the Big Ten was doing. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I do. Yes. No, okay. I'm, I'm the little brother. I've done that move plenty of times.
0: Yeah. Um, I felt like that's exactly number what they one did in too. the playbook. <laughs> I, I think that's exactly what they did. Um, look, I, I don't care. I, I have not cared about the degree of help that the, st- like that stealing signs has helped. I'm done having that conversation. Did he, did they break the rules? Did Michigan as a program break the rules? Yes. Did Jim Harbaugh know? I don't. I, I think he probably did, but all the evidence seems to show otherwise. So let's just, for argument's sake, say he didn't. I do not believe that the Big Ten was punishing Jim Harbaugh this weekend. I believe the Big Ten is punishing Michigan, and the way they punish Michigan is by pun is by suspending uh, Jim Harbaugh. Now people are going to be like, but you know, like more is coming. I don't think more is coming. I think this is their punishment. I think it's going to be these three games because guess what? And, and at the end of the day, there are too many people who are saying this, and, but, and they're right, so I'm just going to continue to echo it. The Big Ten is not going to cause Michigan to not make the playoff. They are not going to take that away from them this year because, Spencer, what happens to your team and your conference when you make the playoff? What do you get Uh, money? You get money. You get a lot of money and they are not going to turn away that money. They're not going to. So I think this is it. Um, But as far as the game, I, I don't know how much Jim Harbaugh would have affected this game. I tell you this much. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh being there would have changed my negative perspective that I walked away with with this Michigan team. And Spencer, you and I—I'll I'll let you start this conversation because we both feel the same way. I walked away a little disappointed in the, in the winner of this game.
1: Yes, and I, I did. I I walked away thinking, oh boy, is there a is there something to be worried about with Penn or Michigan State's pass protection? And you watch the first couple of snaps of them trying to throw the football for Michigan and their right tackle was getting beat. Like he stole something had no, had no speed to get off his spot to get to the edge rusher. Um, So that part of it was certainly something that made me think the 32 straight times running the football to end the ball game. I think there's a pass interference call in there somewhere
0: which was a bogus pass interference call.
1: So they they run the ball so many times to end the game, and a lot of me thought, well, it's because I don't think they want to – I don't think they want to go against this pass rush. But at some point it becomes, did they only throw the ball eight times because they couldn't set up a pass rush, or was it because they didn't need to? And when it's 32 straight times to end the game – you have to start factoring in a little bit more than what I was originally with – maybe it was because they didn't have to, because they just knew that they could just keep going to the ground. But eight times yeah. feels like it's just – that's way too many to say it's just they didn't have to.
0: Yeah. I, okay. So – okay. I got. I got to push back a little bit. Okay. I would I would be fine with that if they didn't if it wasn't a one-score game from the th- three and a half minute mark or three and a half minutes. Hold on, let me find the actual minute mark. When, when Michigan scored their touchdown to go at 14-3 and then and then Penn State came storing back and, and, oh, score, you know, got to nine. It was nine, nine to 14 with, you know, at the end of the half from, from the beginning of the second quarter till, you know, till the, the wheels came off late in the fourth quarter, Spencer, like it was a one score game. 31 straight rushes. Like I, I look at this differently. if, if, they didn't have, if they didn't have several three and outs, three or six and outs, Spencer, like that, they did not, that, they were not intentionally doing that. They were not intentionally saying, you know, like, it's okay if we get a three and out, Penn State's not scoring on us. I, I legitimately think that there's a part of them that realized that Penn State's defense was not going to let them be thrown on. And I think I think Michigan to a degree didn't trust JJ McCarthy.
1: I think it's more on that offensive line.
0: But I think they problem? trust
1: McCarthy. I think it's well. So yeah, obviously yes to answer the question. But I also believe they're probably convinced at Michigan that they're probably not going to face a pass rush quite like that again. <laughs> Even Ohio, if,
0: Ohio well, and I think I
1: that. hope, <laughs> I, right. Ohio State's going to be a very good pass rush, but I, part of me is thinking they'll they'll cross that bridge when they come to it. But yes, I don't think I. It's more about that pass rush in this particular game than I think it was JJ McCarthy in this particular game.
0: Okay. Like I, I won't, I won't argue against that. I, I'll just say because he that did
1: go seven of eight. It was only sixty yards, but yeah, still.
0: That yeah, he was seven point five yards per pass. So it, it wasn't right. even. It's not like he was even ha- He had it. Wasn't even like he was taking a deep shot. Right. Um. Spencer, I for me, I walked out of this game like, okay, you're you you were probably right you know, that they were trying to stay away from that pass rush of Penn state. But what this game did tell me, Spencer, I think Ohio state's going to beat Michigan. Because I think Ohio state has just as good a defense as both these teams do. And I know for a fact, even though I have been hard on Kyle McCord, he is a better quarterback than drew Aller Uh, drew. Aller sucks. Like I can say that he sucks. At least this year. And you can say it's the scheme. Well, Penn State fired their OC this weekend, so they have a new offensive coordinator coming in. So maybe Drew Aller can get fixed. But this this offense, you know, this offense has been pedestrian. Unfortunately, Aller sucked, and J- James Franklin once again makes the weirdest decisions possible. Why go for two that early in the game, Spencer? <laughs> like why?
1: Yeah, he figured points were at a premium.
0: I mean, I guess so, but it's it's in the it's in the first half, man. You you don't know what's coming. You don't have to force yourself to go for two there. Just take the points, because at least in that situation, it allows you two field goals to tie the game. You know, if your defense continues to play the way they have. Now, look, the the score ends up like they they end up losing by two scores. The, the wheels just you know like the wheels just came off after that fourth down misconversion. like oh how, like you could just see it. You could see it in Penn State on P- on the field with Penn States, you know, with their players. They looked deflated and defeated at that point and it was just you know it was it was Michigan's game. I just some of the people today and yesterday talking about like B- Michigan dominated this game. I just – I don't I don't see it that way. I see a bad Penn State offense and a Michigan offense that played very Iowa-esque. And we have been saying this for weeks now that Michigan might not have a dude at wide receiver, and I still stand by that today. I don't think – I don't think they have a single pass catcher that anyone's going to be afraid of, Spencer.
1: You know, and I think that's fair. It'll be interesting to see what the rushing attack offensive line and Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards get done with Ohio State. Yeah. And because we talked – part of the preview we talked about was let's just see which offense can be more patient. Let's see which offense can just sort of be a little more methodical and wait for the mistakes and that kind of played into Michigan's hands. They were a little bit more of the conservative, safe. Let's just bide our time, keep running the football. And they kind of put that into overdrive, literally, yeah um, with the thirty two with thirty two straight runs. So I think they just went hardcore on that on that side of things. And It'll be interesting to see when it comes Ohio State time, for sure. I think they know they won't be able to get away with this going forward, and they probably didn't plan to do this either in this ball game. They just said, you know what, let's keep running it. And some of that we don't have to idea and, and hindsight looking back at it might come into play with we just trust our defense too. We're just going to keep running the football. We're not going to put ourselves in a bad, you know, position getting sacks that we don't need and we're just going to bite our time, mm-hmm. punt the ball if we have to and let our defense play like you said, very Iowa-esque. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I'm as down on Michigan as I felt on Saturday after hearing a few more conversations and a different couple of different ideas i'm not as down on them as i was but i do i I will be interested to see how the how the pass rush holds up against or the the pass protection holds up against ohio state who's um you know who will come like you said they'll have something to say about uh about that pass protection for sure yeah dogs
0: um have you seen when's the last time Spencer you saw Georgia look this dominant? National Championship game, I guess?
1: Uh they're pretty dominant in the Kentucky win, weren't they?
0: That's fair, yeah. And I first of all, I love watching, I love reading message boards during the, you know, during games at times like not even just reading through a post, but just looking at the titles of posts. And it is so funny all season long. You get, you get people who after one quarter are saying that Glenn Schumann's getting owned, you know, uh must champ must is acting like a real miss chump th- this quarter, you know, it's happened all season long and Ole Miss got, you know, got those two scores in the first and second quarter and I'm sitting there just like, yeah, this is would y'all expect you. Yep. This is this is what's been happening all year, even in games where they slaughter people. Like they 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 wait and find out how these teams are playing to come in. They make adjustments and they beat the crap out of these teams in these big games. And that's a thousand percent what happened in this game. Ole Miss comes out, they get a touchdown, Georgia scores. Ole Miss gets gets eight plays and is out, and then Georgia scores another touchdown. Ole Miss, Ole Miss, you know, gets a drive down. They tie the game. And then from the what was it? Yeah, from the nine minutes and fifty eight second mark when they score a touchdown, from that point on, Spencer, it was nothing but a Georgia slaughter everybody was everybody was playing we we called it I I, I think I said it George is gonna be able to pick their number with the return of the Eagle, the Eagle dogs with the return of Brock Bowers with it being a night game the first night game in a long time against a top 10 opponent Kirby wanting to make a statement Kirby got all these recruits in there a giant mass of 2025 recruits are were in Athens this weekend it was a perfect storm. Coming at Ole Miss and also they're a little fake ID because their defense is absolute trash.
1: Yeah, I'm. I was never really worried throughout the week. I don't think I really got on board with some of the, you know. Ole Miss has a chance here kind kind of conversations. I think we tried to say that as much. You know, going into the preview, it felt like this, you know, Georgia's playing as well offensively as they've played under under Kirby. Um it's not to say they're playing better. They're just playing as well as they've ever played. They're getting healthy at the right time as well, which is really nice. Um Kendall Milton had a huge game. Mm, so um, happy for on, him. Yep, on just nine carries and DeWan Edwards with a really good game and then carson beck was absolutely automatic there was that late throw there at the end of the first half which was kind of the only head-scratching moment of the of the ball game the, that last 60 seconds with all three timeouts not maybe utilizing that situation better but again it wasn't anything that broke the camel's back lad mcconkey was great dominic love it other than that you know, drop, everything looked great. Ra rah Thomas, Roseme. everybody uh, did a really good job in this game. Georgia was about as complete as they could ask to be. Quinchon Junkins had a really great, I think, first quarter and looked really, really hard to stop, uh, but would finish the night 22 carries, 75 yards, 3.4 yards per carry. He did score those two touchdowns, but other than that, Quinchon Junkins was pretty quiet the rest of the night. I remember watching like maybe two two or three straight plays and he ran just right into the wall, right into the line and it was a it was a um it was a brick wall. And I think we led 21-14 and it was their turn to try to respond and put, you know, tie it back up at 14. And that next possession was backwards. And they ended up punting fourth and, you know, 17 or something like that. And that's kind of when Georgia was able to turn it on and say, "Okay, now we know what you want. Now we see what it is, and we're ready to take it away from you."
0: Yeah, um, Spencer, the the thing that I was most impressed by with this Georgia team, it for for me, it has to be the defensive line. You know, um, the defensive line has been a like is susceptible at times to things. Um, uh, Dumas Johnson covered a lot of sins up of our defensive line because our linebackers were forced so many times to have to come up and make tackles because they were getting through that first line um, of of, of penetration. And, and I won't lie. uh, It is, is one of the reasons why I am probably leaning right now. Two weeks or three weeks out, I'm leaning picking Bama in this game. You know, in the, in the SEC championship game, because I know that Georgia at times has trouble on the defensive front, like filling gaps. And we got like just straight up, we got really lucky that their right tackle got hurt and then their left tackle got hurt like the first drive of the game. And Georgia was able to take advantage of it. I'm not saying Georgia got lucky and won because of this. They put a, like, Georgia's offense is elite. That's why Georgia was able to win this game the way they did. But Tyrion Dawkins, uh, Ingram Dawkins, Nazir Stackhouse, Walther, um, Michael Williams, all these defensive linemen, uh, Zion Logue, Warren Brinson, these guys, Christian Miller. Uh, Jamal Jarrett, a freshman, Uh, Damon Wilson, another freshman like these guys stepped up in this game and we're starting to see Kirby use this youth that is so incredibly talented. And and it it was just awesome to watch. Spencer, C.J. Allen and Raylan Wilson are just true freshmen. They are two of the fastest human beings I've ever seen play linebacker. They are they are freaking they look like Nicobe Dean and freaking roquan Smith out there together now they still they're freshmen they still they made mistakes early they're gonna make mistakes early but they are incredible it was awesome to watch
1: absolutely um and and that's with uh, Dumas Johnson being out so I mean it's even that much more important for them to be stepping up
0: yeah I'm I love this game. It was great. Um, Spencer, I don't, you don't have to pick the game now and, and we're not picking the game now, but just kind of where are you leaning now that we're Georgia's clinching sec East and Bama's clinched the West. Like kind of how, how are you leaning on that game right now? Just three weeks out.
1: I know. Alabama, I think is, is all the capabilities to get Georgia. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they will. I think Georgia has, I think it's 50, 50 and it might not even be that. And if it's not that it's in Georgia's favor, you know, it's yeah. There are three
0: points. Georgia's like a four and a half, I think four, four and a half point favorite as of today.
1: Yeah. So and I think that's great. Um, But I think Alabama has, if any, if anybody on the schedule makes me nervous, it's Alabama. Always. And yep, yeah, always. So they have, um, you know they they've got a good enough quarterback that can move around and is mobile enough to deal with their pass rushing issues and they're explosive enough downfield. Uh Georgia will be in a in a big spot there to play good down the field and play good in, you know, those deep coverage opportunities cuz Kentucky did not at all. I mean, it felt like there was nobody in frame when Alabama receivers were catching touchdowns in this blowout Jeez. win against Kentucky this weekend, so yeah. we're just going to have to be really good down the field, and that has been a problem before uh, when it going up against Alabama. So perhaps the the roster is is a little more in tune and ready for that challenge than it has been in the past. Uh, so we'll see how that we'll see how that works. But yeah. Alabama is definitely and Tennessee too. Like I mean, I don't want to sit here and completely count that out because that's the next game, and ultimately for Kirby and the and the staff. And the players—that's the most important game because it's the next game, which is the total, you know, the total right way for them to be approaching it. But um, but yeah, uh, Alabama is definitely uh, a program, a, a school, a, a a team that's playing at a high enough level right now with a a good enough roster that they could get Georgia.
0: Yeah, I I will say this: Tennessee got worked by Missouri. I Unbelievable,
1: prob- huh? Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, did dude, not just,
1: did not see that coming.
0: No, I we we both took Missouri to win, but we did not think that a slaughter was coming.
1: Um, and, and I think the game was slightly closer than that finish than that finish shows. But yeah, no, it was it was pretty wild to see that end up the way that it did.
0: Well, I mean, you and I. Y-
1: I say that. It was what? What is yeah. that? 13 plus nine going into the fourth quarter. 13 plus nine to seven. Math.
0: 13. Okay. So that's a 20, 31. It's yeah. No, no, like no, it,
1: 13 plus yeah, nine.
0: 13, oh, 13, plus nine is 22.
1: Yeah. So 22 to seven going into the fourth. So, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, it's. You hold so Tennessee's there, offense to one touchdown. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. It's the lowest that they've that. ever. It's the lowest they've had under Heupel. Um, with well, seven points.
1: Good old. Scissor- the
0: the biggest thing we've said, and we've continued to hit this. Tennessee is one dimensional. If they cannot run on you, they will not be able to throw to beat you. They do not have elite wide receivers across the board this year. They've got some guys, but they do not have the same kind of dudes they had last, last time and, or last year. And, you know, they lost their, they lost their best linebacker for the year on an injury this weekend too. Um. Joe Milton, like Joe Milton can have his 267 yards, man, but like 46 yards of that came on one play. And. I, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm not sold. I'm not sold in Tennessee. I haven't been worried about this Tennessee game all year. I'm not going to start now, especially with how Georgia's looking. I'm just, and, and how motivated they are and how, like, I loved the conversation that they had um, during the Georgia game. And then we, we can be done after I say this, um, by the way. Uh, but they were ha- they they're talking about how they were talking to Kirsten Beck this week. And they were talking about, you know, being a part of those two national championship teams. And his response was, I didn't win anything. Like those guys won that. I didn't win anything. That's their mentality, Spencer. Like when your quarterback has a mentality, that is what the team's mentality is. They have not won anything. They, they are hungry. They are healthy and they're pissed off. And I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. And what's even more impressive is that, that, has two championship rings, like <laughs> he, he 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 was on the roster. He was a part of the program. He was whatever he did in practice, whatever he did with the scout team, whatever, 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 he's earned those championships in some form or fashion. So even when he says he didn't earn them, we know what he means. but technically he did. And the idea that you know that it's in his mind of hey, we've this is a different kind of earning. The championship to go out there and and be on the field for it so it's, it's it is good to see that to hear that for him um that hey this is a completely different kind of motivation where i'm not defending anything because this is my first time out here
0: yeah um oh all right so for for some reason I just believe it when Dan with Dan Lanning saying this, but in an interview he was asked about the AM job and he says I'm not going anywhere. There's zero chance I would be coaching somewhere else.
1: What well, was it that uh, Saban said before he left Miami for Melvin?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
1: Just a thought. Just a um, thought. Cody Schrader did have two hundred and five yards in this game against uh Against Tennessee, and I think for a while he was outgaining Tennessee's total offense.
0: He balled out, man. He he was nothing short of impressive. It it goes back it goes back to show how impressive it was of what Georgia was able to do to him, as far as containing him.
1: Yeah, he had two. Missouri had two hundred and fifty five yards of rushing, and he had two hundred five. Tennessee finished with eighty three. Jeez. and they finished with 267 total yards. No, no, no. 350 total yards. Sorry. So I mean, he almost wow. That's the, all that's really interesting to see. Congratulations to Missouri. That that was a heck of a win after sort of a tough loss there to Georgia and you were in you had a chance there.
0: Good good, so, good on yeah, Eli yeah. Drinkwitz who a lot of people thought might get fired after this year. Yeah. Good for, for sure. him. Man. Um, but shizzle, dizzle They um, also just I want I want to like I'm gonna say it just so it can be said that I placed my flag on this because we've been saying it for a few weeks now. Jane Daniels should be the Heisman winner, and I have no like no hesitation thinking of that at all.
1: Yeah, it's. What was it, 200 yards rushing and passing this weekend against I think It might, Florida?
0: might even be better than that.
1: I'm, I'm just saying he went yes, over both of those marks. Yes, 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 And to have 200 yards rushing and 200 yards pass. I mean, a 200-yard rushing day is, is big for anybody on any day. Um, but to, to do that and to pass for, it's pretty impressive. It's hard not to at least invite him. and, and true for
0: 372. Ran Man. for 234, had five total touchdowns.
1: Yeah, it's hard, it's hard not to send him to New York. And I'm, I, I would hope he gets plenty of votes because right now I don't think there's anybody else that's, that's running away with the Heisman outside of a, of a Bo Nix. And it'll probably be easy to go for Bo because he's on a winning roster and all those things. But there's no reason whatsoever. To withhold your vote from Jalen Daniels, but you know some people will. I guess is the point yeah. I'm getting to.
0: Also, Brock Bowers had 45 snaps on Saturday.
1: Yeah, that's a really exciting number.
0: I read. Oh, oh, oh! oh I was going to share this. Oh, th- this is it! I swear, Spencer, this is the last thing. But I had a funny. Um. Oh my gosh my son was messing with my phone so my pictures are all the way back in 2018. Um oh, where is that text? I got a picture sent to me from an article talking about oh, here it is. Okay, I can't I can't figure out who wrote this, but um <laughs> he said I think this is from ESPN Carson back through for 306 yards Kendall Milton ran for two scores Brock Bowers returned after missing a month with either an ankle in, an, an ankle or injury or possibly while battling Mothra and hauled in three catches and a touchdown
1: Mothra James Louise <laughs> it was like something out of the 1800s came back to get him.
0: <laughs> oh man I love Godzilla. I love Godzilla.
1: Uh, oh, Kansas. Mothra. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hey. All right. Spencer, I'm done.
1: Uh, Texas had a little bit of a time with TCU, kind of still a little bit of an issue holding teams off twenty points in the fourth quarter for TCU. Twenty-nine, twenty-six was the win for nine and one number seven Texas.
0: Spencer is uh, is Matt Campbell gonna? launch himself into the big T- big 12 championship of the win this weekend we i know we're i know we're gonna pick the oh yeah because
1: oklahoma games. state totally blew the pooch this weekend did not don't,
0: don't even just
1: 45 to three robbo
0: they're still number two they're 45 s- they're
1: five to three
0: didn't it but didn't i didn't i call it though Do did you, you? oh yeah go listen to it i said don't You're be surprised that. If they walk into the bounce house and lose, fair enough. Like, I now I didn't, I didn't expect. I don't, re- this. I don't
1: recall because I'm not very good at recalling. But,
0: but, but I'm telling you, I did, I did not expect them. I, I didn't call them getting slaughtered. Yeah. Like, but, but, legitimately, if Iowa State wins, because Iowa State. There's still a four-way tie for second, but Oklahoma State holds the tiebreaker over everybody. Texas is number one. If Iowa State beats Texas this weekend at Iowa State, mind you, it's a, it's the eight o'clock game on Fox. This would skyrocket Iowa State up to the top of the conference <laughs> going into one la- going into the final week. Where Texas, Texas Texas plays Texas Tech, uh, like th- there aren't many deciding games left. The final weekend of the Big Twelve.
1: So right now the matchup is still Oklahoma State and Texas, right?
0: Correct. O- Oklahoma State has Houston and BYU.
1: What's Kansas State got left? You know.
0: Uh, give me two seconds. they got at Kansas, and then versus Iowa State.
1: Mm. Very good. Uh, Maryland's bowl eligible with a win over Nebraska. Iowa shut out Rutgers, only scored 22 points. So there, I guess, since they've already moved on from their offensive coordinator, I guess that watch is sort of off now, or Mm -hmm. is it still on? No, no, it's off. Uh, I think that's about it. California has been putting up a lot of points lately. They took Washington state to the woodshed. That's been a boy. Haven't they fallen off Washington state a little bit here? They've really mm-hmm. run into stuff. Yeah. And, it's been a little disappointing. Yeah. Some people say they're ready to fire uh chip Kelly. at UCLA only seven points this weekend in the fourth quarter. Got a big job to get that turned around there. Yeah, really I a hope, freshman quarterback, but
0: I hope he's given an opportunity to. But at the same time, I, I'm still a little disappointed in them.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, my man, you done? Right, yeah, I'm good, man. Two friends, one love—that's college football. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll catch you on the flip flop later.